Are you ready to play faux or fashion? I am ready. Are you ready? I I was ready for you to ask me 10,000 questions. Do you know how, what we're going to do? So I'm going to no, give you... No, I'm, I'm daredevil. I'm like, sure, I'll play. <laughs> <laughs> faux or fashion is an easy trivia game. We're going to go through three fashion headlines, and you're going to tell me if it's a true fashion story or a faux fashion story. Faux or fashion. Okay. All right. You're ready for your first headline? Okay, I'm ready. Oh, God. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> During quarantine, luxury vintage fashion and DIY projects experienced a surge in sales. As a result, big brands like... Subscribe to the Fashion League Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or whichever platform you enjoy listening to podcasts. Stop what you're doing. And go subscribe. On this episode of the Fashion League podcast, I chat with entrepreneur Tiffany Miller. Tiffany is the founder of women's contemporary label Risk 22. Risk 22 has recently been featured in shopping stories on Cosmopolitan.com and Who What Where, and we talk all about how Tiffany went from graduating USC to working at Access Hollywood to launching her own brand from her cubicle. New York Fashion Week has sort of started already. While the Council of Fashion Designers of America announced the official schedule back in August, indicating shows would take place mostly virtually on a condensed schedule over the course of four days, I just saw a show from a brand that typically had been showing in New York for the past several seasons. So today is September 10th as I'm recording this, and the show was posted yesterday and it took place in Italy with a socially distanced audience a la Jacques Mousse. Many people were in arms about the scant New York Fashion Week schedule that lacked a lot of the big names and fan favorites. That this recent show and other happenings is just confirming for me what we can already probably expect. Many more surprises as for who's showing your collections and when and where these will be happening this season. Also, if you love listening to the Fashion League podcast, then you should absolutely register for our Career Summit which will be Sunday, October 11th, 2020. Here are career tips and fashion insights from fashion insiders who are in the know and will be sharing all that info during the summit. So make sure you RSVP. And obviously you enjoy listening to the Fashion League podcast, so make sure you tell someone else to subscribe. Thank you. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. So where are you calling in from? Is this a call? It's a streaming call. <laughs> where are you calling from? Yeah, I am calling from Los Angeles, California. You're from LA? I'm actually from Chicago, oh. but I moved to LA like a little over 10 years ago. Isn't that the rule that if you've lived someplace 10 years, then you're from there? Is that? No, that's what they say. <laughs> I refuse to give up my Chicago ID because I'm a Chicago girl. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah. <laughs> Since I was born in New York, but I lived so many other places, but I've also lived in New York the longest. So I have like a weird, I'm from New York relationship. I can never say born and bred because I didn't like go to high school here. <laughs> so, right, right. But where did you go to high school in Chicago? Yeah, so I went to Hersey Julian High School, mm-hmm. which is on the south side of Chicago, which is where I'm from. Like probably like three minutes from my house, if that. It was super close and my dad would like pick me up every day, me and my best friend. I never caught the bus because everyone in Chicago, like all the kids, they catch the bus. Mm -hmm. I never caught the bus. My mom was like super, super strict. She made sure that my dad picked me up every day and dropped me off every morning. (laughs) (laughs) You and your best friend. Did you have siblings? Yeah, I had a brother, but he passed away. So um, he went to, he was younger than me, so he went to a different school. But my dad had to pick both of us up Mm -hmm. every day. As a kid growing up, did you get good grades? You know, to be (laughs) honest. Don't listen. (laughs) That's too much. Listen, listen, I passed, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And so so how did you decide on going to college? When I graduated high school, I graduated, I was like 17, right? Mm -hmm. So of course the thing to do is my mom was like super strict like you graduated from high school now you gotta go to college Mm -hmm. so I went to um, Chicago State Mm -hmm. and I was like only 17 at that time I wanted to be like a meteorologist right Mm -hmm. so I went to for that but I didn't really like have any focus I just was like there I was 17 I didn't know what I wanted to do like I was just young just going to school just for like fashion purposes right because I love to like dress and I love to like (laughs) to like look good so like my thing was just going to school, go to class, you know, look cute, you know, and that was that. So then like, seriously, I ended up getting like, they sent me a letter saying, basically, if you don't pull your grades up, you have to go to like a community college to come back. So I was like, well, um, that's not going to happen. So I just ended up never going back. And I ended up going to, I went to hair school mm-hmm. and I did hair for like a few years. And then I just decided that I wanted to move to L.A., right? Mm -hmm. And by this time, I'm like 27, 28. So it's late, right? Like super late. So I was like, no, I want to go back to school. So I ended up going to community college and then I ended up applying for colleges out here in L.A. Mm -hmm. And, And the funny part is I never like thought of myself as like this like super academically smart like I mean I know I'm smart but like I just really never apply myself to school I'm not even gonna lie and when the, the second go around I don't know I just got like straight A's and then I got accepted into USC which is like super hard to get into mm-hmm. and I got accepted into USC and graduated and then I just never looked back I only know USC well I only know <laughs> but sweetie you went to USC I know that <laughs> She came like right after me. And also Aunt Becky tried to smuggle her kids into the university, but Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> it's that good. Right <laughs> that good, okay? <laughs> so what was like your first job after USC? So my first job was at Access Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It only took me maybe like a year or less. But to me, that was like too long 
So I was like really like trying to get into my field of entertainment news. So I was able to land a job at Access Hollywood, like within a year of graduation. And you say a so, year. What's first? Let's back up. You say it took you a year. What time was this? This was 2012 or? Two, like 2013, I graduated. Yeah, that was like one of the many recessions that millennials have lived through. So taking a year to find a job, that was very lucky. I know, but oh my God, I was so stressed. Like I would have moments, no lie I would like break down crying like I'm like I just cannot get a job I'm like what is going on like you know like for the longest I really wanted to work at at E right Mm -hmm. E News Mm -hmm. and I had like connections there but I guess you know God just placed me in Access Hollywood and I got that like it was because in LA honestly it's all about like who you know when it comes to like the entertainment field Mm -hmm. and I don't know anybody like that you know what I mean like I actually knew somebody. It was just so odd how I got that job. I knew one of my friends. She used to work there like years back. We had been friends for like three years. She had no idea that I wanted to work in entertainment news. She made a phone call and got me the job. It was just that simple. That's and it was like, it works. <laughs> crazy. Right? Oh, whoa. As quiet as it's kept, knows. that is how it works. So then what what was your role at Access Hollywood? Video librarian, mm-hmm. but then I also helped with like producing and like writing for digital. Mm-hmm. So my primary job was to help producers with their pieces and segments for the show, mm-hmm. right? But what I really, really wanted to do was be like a fashion uh, producer, fashion se- segment producer. So that was like where I was gearing towards. So I was like coming up with like different ideas and pieces for like fashion segments, style segments, and then I ended up helping out on the digital side. But my primary role was to really like, you know, pull tapes and help the producers come up with their segments for the actual daytime show for Access Hollywood and the evening show. Wait, what do you mean by pull tapes? What is that? That sounds like some oh, jargon. Okay, so that so that means like, let's just say we're doing a segment on, uh, let's just say Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, right? Mm-hmm. So then a producer comes to us like, oh, I'm writing this piece for these two. I need uh, tapes, like certain B-roll tapes that we have of these particular uh, celebrities during this interview, like a year back or even recently. So I have to like look in the system, look at tapes and see what tapes are going to match the story that they're writing about for these two celebrities. Hmm. I figured that's what you meant. I was like, let me not ask soon because I don't work in that field. (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. So how long were you working in Access Hollywood when you decided that you wanted to start your own? I was there for four, I think it was like four years. But like after the second year, I was just like, you know, I want to do my own thing and I want to start my own business. So I ended up, you know, doing all the necessary steps needed, like, you know, getting a permit, getting all that stuff. Wait, getting it, um, to back up. You said yeah, you, all, all you, the back house stuff, right? You knew you wanted to start your own thing. Did you know that you wanted to do something in retail or you just had an idea that you just wanted to be an entrepreneur? Oh, no, I I knew I wanted to do retail. Okay. Had you worked in retail before? So doing that like transitional stage of me like trying to basically find myself. And remember when I told you I went to Chicago State and I had like that huge gap of like doing hair and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. I had like a lot of retail jobs. Mm-hmm. So I already had like the the experience of working in customer service, working for retail companies, big retail companies. So I already like knew how to pretty much function and work and, and run a business because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I was familiar with, but I just wanted my own thing where I go, I pick 
things I like and I'm running it. Tell us more about that process. How does someone start a retail website? I really just built my own website on my own. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was very like, you know, just straight to the point, click here, shop. Okay. (laughs) But then like over time, I, you know, got, ended up buying like a, a better template. But all you do is you just go to Shopify and you, you know, Shopify, you pay like a monthly fee, which is fine, whatever. It's very, very low. And then you create your own website. And I know a lot of people pay like thousands of dollars for people to create websites for them. And that's fine. Like, I'm not knocking that. That's fine. But just to like kind of cut the cost mm-hmm. when you're first starting out, I just think the best thing for you is just like to cut as much cost out as you can so you can try to get the product that you need to sell and put that towards your inventory. So that's what I did. I just did everything myself. I did have one girl help me with my logo and she charged her arm, a leg and a kidney, but I love her to death. She did a great great job. (laughs) But but I was like, okay, I can do the website on my own. And that's just what I did. Do you have a team? Do you have interns? What does your day-to-day look like working on Risk 22? So my day-to-day is, let's just say like right now, like it's, it's just me right now, but I have employees like that come help in and out. For the most part, like I, the first thing I do is I pray and I thank God mm-hmm. and I meditate. And I do that for like at least 30 minutes before I do anything. Like I don't touch my phone and I focus and then I come and I sit in my little, you know, office area and I just like pump out orders. I, you know, do my Instagram, you know, get the content out for that and pump out stuff um, for the email to send out to my email with my customers so I can do an email blast. And then I go to the post office every day, like literally every day. That's like my best friend. <laughs> when you say do your Instagram, what is that process? Are you posting like several times a day? Are you scheduling posts? What is that? Yeah. So you know what? Honestly, at one point I had it to where I scheduled it, but I didn't like it. I feel like I feel like it was just like, oh, I, I don't know. I just didn't like the schedules for me. But So what I do is I actually post on my on my own every day and I'll like set a time like oh okay I, I posted this maybe like an hour or two ago it's time for me to post again I create my own like all the photos on my Instagram that's me and my photographer Liana that's us creating our own content feed for Instagram. That's just me and her. So like I'll do a photo shoot. I have my model that I choose and I'll do that maybe like once. Oh, I was doing once a week or once every other week a photo shoot and that would be my content for Instagram. And then those pictures, I just pump them out every hour, every two hours. You know, my, my customers can see what new arrivals that I have. Mm-hmm. So how many times a day is that that you're posting? Sometimes like three to four mm-hmm. on my story I post way more because mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are on stories more than anything oh it's not so a feeling I, it's true <laughs> they are. man I need to catch myself on people's stories I'm like oh what's on their feed oh <laughs> oops <I'm really> sorry. <laughs> so so I do I post on my feed like maybe three to four times a day and then on my story all day so you're doing the photo shoots you're doing the retail buying is this you also do appointments is that a retail store or you only do appointments in that location? So actually, I'm going to start doing that. So I had put that on my website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just put it on a blast, girl. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my plan is 
Since we're in this horrific time in this pandemic with COVID, I wanted to make something easier for my customers who may not be familiar with my brand or familiar with like the, how things fit. So what I wanted to do initially was have them book appointments for them to try on the merchandise mm-hmm. and pick what they want. And then I send, you know, one of my driver, like my employees, I'll send them to their home and they can try on the pieces themselves. I just have not gotten around to it yet because it's COVID. I'm trying to be safe for not just me, but also my employees going into people's homes. So I'm just trying to figure out like when's the best time to like start doing that. But at some point I'm going to do that for my customers. You don't want to end up on the summer jam screen like Nancy Pelosi. You saw they recorded that lady at her hair salon appointment. Right? Terrible. Awful. They let her have it. Let's be safe. (laughs) Let's be safe. Would you describe yourself as an extrovert or an introvert? Oh my God, that's so tricky. Okay. Don't say both. I'm going to hang up. I feel like I'm an introvert. I am a social butterfly, but I do like being by myself and I like having my alone time. Mm-hmm. And like I've noticed like if you know I'm out and I'm about with people, you got about a good 2 or 3 hours with me and then I need to go back into my hermit cave. So then like, you're an introvert cuz introversion is about you getting energy from people or you being drained by engaging with people. So it sounds like while it may be a fun experience to be a social butterfly, look at look at me with my little consumer behavior psychology course one time. Okay. Right. But it sounds like yeah, that is a classic introvert. It sounds like you need to go home and recharge from your social yeah. butterflying. I'm telling you got a good two or three hours with me. After that, I'll see you later. Call me tomorrow. <laughs> At what age did you start your first business? So is Risk 22 your first entrepreneurial endeavor or you had an entrepreneurial spirit all along? No, actually, Risk 22 is like my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know I had this in me. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Never knew I had this type of drive in me. Never knew I had this type of hustle in me. I'm not going to lie. I always thought in my mind that I was going to be working for someone else and working like in a corporate America or working at a job. Mm-hmm. I, that's just what I always, always thought. And that's what I've always done. Well, that's what and, you learn and, in school is to mm-hmm. go be good in school and go work for someone else. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the background also of my family. Like my family, I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family that taught me, okay, this is what you need to do to start your own business. I had to learn everything on my own, make my own mistakes and do everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like the first. A lot of my family, like I feel like they still believe I don't have a job. <laughs> I know that one. I, I have a job. I just because I don't clock in, mm-hmm. I have a job. I have a business that I'm running. <laughs> That's hard to change the parents. It's hard to change the family. My mom, when I actually first switched over to fashion from finance, I believe she said something like this this year in 2020. Okay. I haven't worked at this bank in since like 2000 something ridiculous. She thinks I can still just switch back over. You know, nobody wants to go back. What are you talking about, man? Right? <laughs> no. Oh my God. Is your mom from Pam? Like, my mom. <laughs> you know what it is with parents? They just want something clean and easy to explain. Yeah, my daughter does this and 
doctor, yeah. lawyer, yeah. banker. And my mom, well, she her thing is stability. Her thing is 401k. Her mm-hmm. thing is benefits, insurance. I'm like, mom, but, but I, I do that <laughs> on my own. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. So, I mean, she gets it, but it's still just like, well, you know, you don't want to, like, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, girl, let me call you back. Um, mm-hmm. That reminds me, I am going to call my mother today. I haven't talked to her in like three days. That's a long time. Okay, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. This will be the third day, I think. Call her as soon as it's over with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to play faux or fashion? I am ready. Are you ready? I I was ready for you to ask me 10,000 questions. Do you know how, what we're going to do? So I'm going to no, give you- No, I'm, I'm daredevil. I'm like, sure. I'll play. (laughs) Faux or fashion is an easy trivia game. We're going to go through three fashion headlines and you're going to tell me if it's a true fashion story or a faux fashion story. Faux or fashion. All right. You're ready for your first headline? Okay, I'm ready. Oh, God. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) During quarantine, luxury vintage fashion and DIY projects experienced a surge in sales as a result, big brands like Anna Sui and Rodarte started selling their wares themselves on Gen Z's favorite reselling marketplace, Depop. Is this true? Is it false? Faux or fashion? Uh, I'm going to say fashion? Yes. Okay. I'm what it was. This is fashion. <laughs> So these big brands started selling on this marketplace that Gen Z loves to get their vintage and reselling on. And so the head of brand partnerships, they are quoted as saying, it's a really powerful experience for individual sellers to be given the same space to sell directly alongside these established brands. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, you get your little euphoria look from Depop. Right. Uh, you ready for your second question? I am ready, girl. <laughs> Designer Prabal Gurung became popular after actress Zoe Zaldana wore a dress from his first ever collection during the promotion of the 2009 Star Trek film. This was That's definitely fashion. It's fashion, yeah. I know that already, yeah. You know that one. <laughs> and this article is from The Hollywood Reporter, and he's quoted as saying that he was homeless three years before that red carpet moment, so. Life-changing, okay? Okay, red carpet does change lives you know you guys try to play red carpet like it's not important Important. wow you're ready for your final question i'm ready for you you already won okay (laughs) (laughs) australian customs confiscated a nineteen thousand dollar saint laurent bag and destroyed it because it did not have the proper licensing documents is this faux or fashion I'm going to say faux. Let me tell you why. Uh-oh. I just don't know no St. Laurent bag that costs 19000 Oh, well, this is a $19,000 bag. It is true. Okay, this oh happened. Oh, my God. This... Girl, what bag is this? Let me see it. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link. So this happened in Australia. This was this month, actually. And it's an alligator skin. That's why. <gasps> That's why. Yes. I, so you would have gotten it if I said alligator skin. Yes, I would have gotten that. I'm oh, like, what? That's bag? my fault. That's my fault. Trickery, trickery. I'll give you the point. Yeah. <laughs> is it crocodile or alligator? You see MSN? I think this is a syndicated story from CNN. So the headline says it's crocodile skin. And then the body of the story says it's alligator skin. So I don't know what's going on with the skin. 
They need to make. They destroy that bag. How dare they? That's what I'm saying. Like, why destroy it? Because the animal's already dead and suffered. He may as well let his legacy live on. Okay. Right in my closet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not your closet. Okay, I'm girl. sad for this crocodile or alligator. Me too. I'm sad. <laughs> and, the, and the buyer. $19,000 down okay. the drain. Well, I would have been upset. Down crying. the drain. Oh my God. Counterclockwise down the drain. Okay. Anyway, that is okay. it. That is it. It was lovely talking with you about Risk 22 and this fall of fashion. I will say you're undefeated because I messed up that last question for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy this holiday weekend. You too. You too. <laughs>